Today is Tuesday, December 6, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. The Supreme Court justices do battle during opening arguments in the Christian graphic designer case. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast. We're bringing news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe, leave a rating, share it with a friend. Joining me, as always, to get through that news of the cray, CBN's Billy Hallowell and Trey Gons Phillips. What's going on, guys? It's Mini Monday. What's up? Yeah, it's Mini Monday. Three cups of coffee, ready to go, <laughs> ready to roll, happy, excited. Three. The coffee intake level is three. All right. It sounds like you're trying to convince yourself again, Billy. <laughs> no, no, I'm ready. I'm, I, am, I am here today and ready to go. I am. Right. I know. And we're one step closer to Christmas Day, which I know, Dan Andros, you're thrilled about. Yeah. Santa's already sitting on your roof, I'm sure, with See? all the reindeer yeah. and everything. So, uh, yeah. No. I'm wondering what that noise is every night. <laughs> I'm already I'm already depressed about it ending. I know that's bizarre. Yeah. I'm already thinking about it. That makes me sad that it's going to end. I know. That's depressing. That anyway. is depressing. Yeah. But uh, killer. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot to cover on the podcast, so we will move on.com. A Catholic bishop is uh, criticizing Hillary Clinton, Trey. Yeah, so uh, Hillary Clinton has made a comparison that's raising some concerns uh, with a lot of people, but he has it has one Catholic bishop calling her evil. So we'll get into we'll get into that. Oh my. All right, we're going to get the details there. Also, uh, Lori Smith, that graphic designer in the case that I mentioned there at the top, Billy Talked with her. We're going to have uh, that interview coming up, the details there. But first, we are going to go through the news here in 90 seconds. Opening arguments are being made in that case. Christian photographer who's refusing to cater to couples seeking to design a same-sex wedding website. Justices were hammering away with all kinds of different hypotheticals. Justice uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson at one point came up with a hypothetical of a photographer who denies d- video depictions of the movie It's a Wonderful Life to customers who aren't white. It was getting quite out there. Uh, at another point, Justice Gorsuch pressed Colorado Solicitor General Eric Olson to say that Colorado forced Jax Phillips, the um, baker with the ma- Masterpiece Cake Shop, to undergo a, quote, re-education training program. And Olson uh, kind of, they went back and forth on that. And, and it's just a fascinating back and forth. You can uh, check out that at CBNnews.com. And Athena Strand is the seven-year-old girl who was abducted and killed by a FedEx driver. Her grandfather said he forgave the killer. Uh, this after requesting five minutes alone in a, a cell with the psycho, quote-unquote. He talked about his faith and how much uh, his flesh wanted to kill the man, but God was telling him to forgive. And what did Elon Musk's Twitter files uh, reveal? CBN's Dale Hurd broke it all down. You can check out that in the description of this podcast and at CBNnews.com. So, guys, a lot there. I wanted to talk first about this Athena Strand, this tragedy, this FedEx driver who abducted the um, young seven-year-old and killed her. And the grandfather obviously struggling with this as anyone would, but he's really saying, and he said, there's not one ounce of my flesh that wants to do this or say this. And then he forgives him. And I just thought that was pretty powerful. Yeah. I mean, he went into a very, it's actually a, a fairly long post where he talks about this voice in his head that's speaking to him and, and it's the Holy spirit. And he explains that towards the end of the post. Um, and that, you know, that comment about, you know, wanting to be in the room with him for five minutes, he, he basically juxtaposes what it's like to be a human being and have this anger and pain 
versus what we're called to be as believers, right? And so it's really a powerful, you know, post and and how forgiveness will not, and how hate will not reign over forgiveness. Yeah, and I think his explanation too is so powerful in our culture right now uh, because everybody is telling you to follow your feelings, right? Everything is about, you know, whatever you want to do, whatever feels good to you, that's what you should do. Uh, But scripture says that our heart is deceitfully wicked above all else. So I think it's great that he's offering this explanation because I think it helps people in a really tangible way see that just because you're feeling something doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. And in fact, he's going against a really, really, really strong feeling to do what he knows is morally right, what's biblically right. So kudos to him for doing that because I can't imagine how difficult that is, but it's also, like I said, great for him to be explaining it in a culture that's so feelings centered. Yeah. And that, and the fact that he's able to articulate that as you're, as you're experiencing those emotions, I mean, I can only imagine and losing a young one would have to be bad enough, but knowing that they were senselessly taken by someone else is just beyond imagination. And the fact that he can articulate this seems like it's probably just the grace of God that's allowing him and giving him the strength to uh, explain that. But I think it is important that he's putting those two things there. He's saying, I don't want to do any of this. I don't want to do this, but I'm being obedient. We talked about obedience on this podcast many times. And, and I think this is a very clear example of that. Yeah. And, and to be in that much pain, that's how you know that God is real and the Holy Spirit's real, that you could be in that much pain, but you could have the self-awareness to know what is the right thing to do and to be aware of knowing that that's different from what you're feeling you want to do. And uh, I also wanted to quick touch on, guys, this Christian photographer that you spoke with, Billy. This case, I mean, I listened to some of these opening arguments here uh, yesterday, and man, it's just... The justices on the one side who are kind of tend to line up against these sorts of business owners just don't seem to get the difference. They, they cannot see that opposition to same-sex marriage is different than opposing a whole class of people. Right. And, you know, as a graphic designer, she repeatedly has said, I, and and when we talked with her, which you'll hear, you know, she said, look, I serve gay customers. I don't have a problem with serving gay customers. I have, and this is what we heard with the bakers and everybody else, you know, that they serve every population. They don't want to be compelled to create a message celebrating a gay wedding. That's a very different thing. And even some secularists who work at universities and who are legal scholars have said, like, maybe we need a narrow exemption. Maybe there needs to be something here. So it seems like there's openness among people on that side. They at least understand it. I don't know why the justices don't on that side. Right, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, we know, too, that if the shoe is on the other foot, the media would be 100% in that camp. Uh, that Because we've seen them do it over and over and over again. And then the same question arises. We've asked this about Jack Phillips, the cake baker, and about this graphic designer. Why would you want to force somebody to do something they don't want to do? So they begrudgingly do this job when you could pick from thousands of graphic designers or thousands of bakers who would be more than happy to do this cake for you or this uh, website for you. It's just a bizarre it's a bizarre thing to try to force someone's hand on yeah and it also just doesn't feel like um it rises to the level of okay this is a group of people who are just being you know losing this right that everyone has and it's it's going to be spreading like wildfire that this one group of people are just not going to be able to function in society because everyone's just denying them uh goods and services it's it's so obviously always tied to marriage every single time it's tied to marriage and uh, everyone knows the reason for that. Every single person knows that. So like, why are we trying to extrapolate all these cases based on these very specific 
uh, instances where it just doesn't seem like it's going to be a big problem in 99.9999% of times to where you can just go to a different website or you can go get a different cake. I mean, it's not going to yeah. be this widespread shutting down of one a group of people. Well, let's, I mean, let's take it broader. Why can the, I'm going to defend the atheists for a minute. If you're an atheist and you don't want to design a church website or a mosque website or any website that has to do with faith, or you don't even want to design a wedding website that has to do with a religious ceremony with Bible verses, shouldn't you have the right to not have to do that, to not use your skills to have to do that? I mean, right. And you're not saying like, well, we're just denying services because you are a Christian. I don't think that's the view they would be coming from. It would be a very specific thing that went yeah. against maybe a viewpoint that they had. And and I feel like that's understandable. And I'd say, okay, I, you know, I wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, all the Christians are getting shut out of society because this atheist doesn't want to make me, um, you know, a pro-Christian message themed, um, whatever product it might be. So yeah, I mean, it just, uh, it'll be interesting to watch it unfold. Of course, we're going to have all the updates and the interview uh, with the graphic designer here coming up. Uh, in just a few minutes as well. Uh, But first, we're going to hit this story here with Hillary Clinton, and she caused some controversy and got a fiery response from a Catholic bishop. So what what sparked this, Trey? Yeah, so during a recent interview with CNN's Christiane Amanpour, Hillary seemed to liken the sexual assault against women during wartime, so a very specific and obviously horrific situation, to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Uh, So Bishop Strickland of Tyler, Texas, he fired back on Twitter and he wrote, please, please don't listen to this evil woman uh, sharing the clip of of, of that interaction uh, and went on to write her lies and immorality need to be silenced for the good of humanity. So what what did what did Hillary actually say? Yeah, so her exact quote is, uh, it's a little long, but here, bear with me. She said, we are also in a period of time where there is a lot of pushback and much of the progress that has been taken for granted by too many people is under attack, literally under attack in places like Iran or Afghanistan or Ukraine, where rape is a tactic of war or under attack by political and cultural forces in a country like our own, where it comes to women's health care and bodily autonomy. She went on to say to Christiane Amanpour that it's, quote, shocking that the United States is so much like Afghanistan and Sudan, despite being, quote, an allegedly advanced advanced economy. Uh, so quite a loaded statement there from Hillary. And I think that the, the key there is her equating the violence that these awful people have done against women in other countries, uh, Muslim-led countries, by the way, uh, to what pro-lifers have advocated for in protecting unborn babies in the womb. Yeah. I just want to know, as a side note, did Hillary have to remove her face coverings to make these comments uh, like they would in Afghanistan or some of these other places that she mentions? Um, But what else did Bishop Strickland have to say? So Strickland's been really outspoken about uh, about a lot on politics, but specifically about abortion. Uh, he's argued very openly that President Biden and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, both obviously Democrats who describe themselves as devoutly Catholic, uh, should face some religious discipline within the church for their strong support of abortion. We've seen many Catholic uh, leaders, bishops, uh, and priests saying uh, these these politicians who are Catholic shouldn't be allowed to take communion. And that's been something that's gone back and forth on. Uh, He's been one to speak out on that issue specifically. So this is not the first time that he's talked about this issue, and I'm sure it won't be the last. Yeah. I mean, when I hear this story, guys, I think of just this escalating hyperbole 
that keeps going on and uh, particularly among Democrats, and they have to constantly outdo themselves on the threats that they're, we're supposedly facing. And we're at the point now where we've gone up the ladder on this escalating hyperbole to the point where we're on par with Afghanistan and how they're treating women. That I mean, the Taliban is running Afghanistan right now. I don't know if anybody knows this. The Taliban. like to Imagine saying with a straight face that America is just as bad as the Taliban is with women. I mean, it's just... I don't even know how you get there. Well, you get there when you have a spiritual blindness. And and I think that's what this really is, because we're not talking about some benign topic. The topic she's making the comparison on is the actual death of unborn babies, right? So right. Yeah. here you're making this example of a comparison that is these people. Are, first of all, it, it does a disservice to the people living in horror in other countries. Let's yeah. start there. But it also does a real disservice. And I think you have to be really disconnected from what's going on to the unborn babies and to the women in this country who are going through abortion. So it's it's actually sad to me because it does speak to that bigger, I think, blindness that that a lot of politicians and Americans in general have on this issue. Yeah, well, it, I think blindness is the only way to describe it as spiritual blindness, because uh, the irony, the sad irony is, as you were saying, Billy, they're in abortion, we're killing unborn babies, particularly as, as they get later in a pregnancy, we're killing them increasingly violently, right? Uh, but the equation is to violence against women in other countries is that women in the U.S. can no longer get abortion, when in reality, if you're going to make that equation at all, which you shouldn't, but if you're going to make the equation, it should be to the violence women are suffering in other countries and the violence these unborn babies are suffering in the United States. That is the only comparison that, that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, what is the violence? If, if you try to outline these, the, the violence, um, when, you, when you play out what Hillary is actually saying, is that they, what, might have to have a child instead of killing it? So right. you have an actual living, breathing baby that this is the this is the level of violence that is exactly the same as women being abused, used, discarded, um, mistreated in the Middle East, in particular Afghanistan under the Taliban. I mean, it's just it's beyond the pale, this comparison. And, um, you know, I think the bishop seems like he was uh, well within grounds here to to kind of le levy that criticism uh, on Hillary. So, all right. Trey, appreciate you bringing that one. Uh, we're going to go into the main thing now, and we've been talking about it all podcast, but Lori Smith is that graphic designer that has been locked in a battle with the state of Colorado over a law that she believes requires her to violate her, her religious beliefs. So yesterday, the Supreme Court started hearing arguments on the case, and uh, Billy Hallowell spoke with her about it on today's main thing. Lori, I want to just dive right into your work as a graphic designer. Tell us a little bit about your company. I started 303 Creative about a decade ago. I create custom, unique expression and artwork through my business. I love what I do. I get to work with people from all walks of life. And I want to design and create for weddings. But I can't do that because Colorado is censoring and compelling my speech and forcing me to design custom speech, custom artwork, that goes against my core beliefs. So let's talk about that because obviously you have a successful business. This is an area you want to get into designing, you know, for weddings. You could have sort of said, I'm going to stay silent here. I'm not going to take any action, but you chose a different route. You chose to stand up and take action on this. What was it that compelled you to make that choice? What 
put me in a position of uh, making decisions six years ago was the fact that the state of Colorado is compelling my speech, silencing my speech and chilling my speech. And it has so for the last six years, you know, through my business, I work with everyone. I have clients from all different walks of life, including those who identify as LGBT. And what the state is saying is that it can force artists to create custom artwork that goes against the, who, the core of who they are. And that's not okay. So the right to create and speak consistently protects not only me, but it protects the LGBT web designer who shouldn't be forced to create custom artwork uh, celebrating messages that oppose same-sex marriage. Yeah, you know, I remember a case out of, um, actually, it might have been the Melissa Klein case, if I'm not mistaken, but there was a printer out in New Jersey, um, a lesbian-owned print shop, making the same argument and actually defending the Christian bakers saying, look, we don't want to be compelled to make these products at our print shop either for a church, let's say, or for, you know, whatever. So it was kind of it was kind of interesting. Um you know, as we look at this, Kelly, from a legal perspective, because critics will say, oh, well, you know, this person is rejecting the LGBT community. They're doing this based on sexual orientation. And, you know, obviously, Lori, as you were saying, there's a little bit of, of a difference here. Can you help us understand that difference, Kelly? Absolutely. Lori serves everyone, regardless of who they are. She has clients that identify as LGBT. She loves serving everyone. There's just certain messages that she can't custom create through her art, through her websites, regardless of who, who asks for those. What's important to note here is that Colorado also agrees with this. They stipulated to the fact that Lori does serve everyone, regardless of sexual orientation, and yet they still claim the right to come after and censor her speech. And that is something that really should frighten all of us, regardless of what our beliefs are about marriage or any other topic. In, in the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals decision, the court said that the, what Colorado was doing was trying to silence certain beliefs beliefs like Lori's that it disagreed with. That is frightening that the government would claim the power to try to eliminate an entire belief. Free speech is for everyone, and we're hopeful the Supreme Court will affirm that in its decision in this case. This is a case a lot of people are looking at for a lot of reasons, right? We've spent a lot of time culturally and in the news looking at the bakers uh, mainly. I mean, those have been sort of the, the people at the forefront of this. But, you know, this is sort of opening up to other business owners like yourself. And obviously, Lori, for you, you've been fighting this battle now for years. But people may just be sort of hearing about you now, understanding this because it has reached the Supreme Court. What is your hope at the end of this, Lori? What do you want to see happen? I'm hopeful that the highest court in the nation will step up to protect everyone's right to choose the words that they speak, that they create. Everyone should be free to create and design consistently with their convictions, whether those are similar to mine on the topic of marriage or whether they're different, because a win for me in this case is truly a win for each and every American. You know, if somebody didn't, let's say an atheist designer didn't want to make a website for a church, right? The question is, should that person have that right? I think from a lot of people's perspectives, they would say, sure, if you don't want to make, if the atheist doesn't want to be compelled to make a website for a Christian church, they shouldn't have to do that. So this is a really interesting you know, issue that, again, extends beyond just what we're talking about here um, with marriage. Uh, but but Kelly, can you help us understand, because at the baseline of this entire thing, the, this battle is Colorado law. Um, can you help people understand what the law says and maybe how it's being applied? Because I think there might be some differences there. Maybe the application isn't quite what it, what's on paper. 
Absolutely. Well, Colorado is misusing and misapplying its public accommodation law to compel Lori's speech. And the government can't do that. In many states, public accommodation laws are, are in effect. They're coexisting in harmony with, with the First Amendment. But instead in Colorado, they are deciding that they can come in and censor someone's speech, compel them to say something that they don't believe. And you mentioned a minute ago about the atheists. You're right. The government can't force anyone, regardless of what their beliefs or their values or their ideology might be, the Supreme Court and our Constitution have been very, very clear that you cannot compel a speaker to either speak or to stay silent. And so Colorado is absolutely abusing its power in how it's applying this law to Lori, who serves everyone regardless of who they are. She simply can't create every message that's requested of her, which is true for most artists. Now, Lori, you're in the in the midst of this, but what has this been like for you? You know, it's one thing to go out and do this, but there's always a reaction, right? There, there are people who are going to say a lot of things, both pro and con. What has it been like to navigate that part of this puzzle? Well, it certainly has been a roller coaster that's been going on for over six years now. I don't think a lot of people recognize the amount of time that's gone in. Um, in, in this journey. And of course, it's been met with quite a bit of backlash. I've lost business. My clients have been harassed. I've received many death threats, threats of physical harm. I've had items show up at my home. I have a security system on my home. My home address was put on social media. It is. It has certainly been a roller coaster. Um, but I think what's important to note is that there are others out there who hold different views on marriage, who support the stand for free speech because they recognize that this free speech is for everyone. It goes beyond your ideas of, of marriage, your opinions on marriage, and that everyone should be free to work and live consistently with their deeply held convictions. Death threats. Wow. I mean, that that's a common theme, unfortunately, in these circumstances, people saying all sorts of things, uh, which is almost unimaginable that that a case like this would spark that. Was there ever a moment where you wanted to throw in the towel on this because of that? I believe that the, the right to speak freely is worthy of protecting. Um, and while I was hopeful that the lowest court would, would solve this and allow me to create consistent with my faith, um, <clears throat> I know that the, the right to speak freely is worthy of protecting, not just for me, for the LGBT web designer, who shouldn't be forced to communicate messages that violate their beliefs for the next generation who may very well grow up and want to pursue art. Everyone should have the right to work consistently with their beliefs without the government punishing them. For more on our conversation with Lori Smith, head over to CBNnews.com and faithwire.com. All right, Billy, thanks so much for that conversation there. And we're going to, I think we're catching, are you planning to catch up with her here in the next couple of days or maybe after um, these hearings uh, are completed. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear from her and the attorneys to see what they think, how they think it went and what they think. You know, of course, you're trying to make a guess, but based on what they heard in the courtroom. So, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we'll be on the lookout for that. But uh, we've got time uh, for one last thing. All right. So it's Proverbs 23, 23. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Wisdom, instruction and insight as well. And I love that verse because our culture is all about selling the truth or ignoring it or pushing it to the side for the self or for, you know, quote unquote, betterment or to get ahead. You know, the truth becomes a casualty in that. And yet wisdom, instruction, insight, all those things are so important. We should never sell them no matter what the cost is and stand by them. Yeah. And it, and it seems like you would get one 
through the other, like thinking of Solomon and when, you know, God basically tells him he can, you know, what does he, what does he want? And he just name it. And, um, he asks for wisdom, but then what flows out of that? He gets a whole bunch of other blessings because he asked for wisdom and truth. So, um, you know, it's, it's a good reminder for us that truth, um, it is, should be the, the kind of the ultimate currency we're valuing. Yeah, it's a, it's a buy one get one uh, situation. Right? <laughs> yeah. So it's a bogo sale there. But look, I think <laughs> I I think uh, seriously though the benefit of or one of the benefits of that verse it's so concise uh, is that it says the truth, right? Instead of my truth or your yeah. truth. Like you don't there there's only one universal truth uh, and and we can find it in scripture. So leaning on that and relying on that as our core, I think will help us a whole lot with all the different trials and, and difficulties we go through in life. Absolutely. And um, I, I have to admit, guys, I'd not heard anyone's... I've heard buy one, get one. I've never heard anyone say <laughs> BOGO. Is this like a thing that I didn't know about, Trey? Or Oh, it's a thing. It's a thing? Okay. All right. I didn't know if you just made it up or you coined it or I'm just out of the loop. <laughs> I guess I'm out of the loop. But all right. That's all the time we have for today. Uh, this mini Monday, we'll be back here tomorrow. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise with more news from a Christian perspective. God bless. See you then.